This notion of all men are created equal. I mean, that mm. is straight out of heaven. Yeah. So when people talk about like our nation is a Christian nation, my heart says yes, because our founding documents reflect God's view of who people are. All men and women are created equal. Like that ambition, that aspiration, we have to hold that dear. We it's and I feel like um as it's values, as we value that as individuals. And we just say, hey, I'm a person who's hanging on to that. I stand for that. And I expect to see that in my own life and in the circles all around me and whatever I can influence. That's, that is the underpinning of democracy. Mm. Um, that to me is the connection of God's heart for our country is because we are trying to agree with him that people are equal here. Mm. And if that's not reflected, then we're hypocrites. Okay. Let's record. Three, two. Okay, wh- but, which podcast is this? You have a lot of them. This is this is the Paul and Ashley podcast on nonpartisan evangelical. Oh, okay. Are we recording this? For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush-for-brains evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump? It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Good morning. Good morning. Saturday morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. I'm looking at my watch. It's 11 a.m. We are late. This we got morning. a slow start this morning. Which we deserve every once in a while. Oh my gosh. So I think I worked till like one in the morning every night this week or every morning this week. And then last night I found myself, it's Friday night, I don't need to work. I still stayed up till one. <laughs> and so we woke up this morning, it was like 9.30. Um, so we yeah, have not on. slept in that late, I think. I know. In 26 years of marriage, which we celebrated our anniversary this week. Yeah. In fact, um, some of you who may have joined in with us on previous Saturday mornings or watch this later in the week, you're like, hey, that's a different corner of your house that you're (laughs) podcasting from today. The answer is you're right. Um, We, first of all, we feel like we have used every square inch of our little home office um, and tried to like move the phone around to like make it look different. (laughs) Today we thought, you know what, let's sit on the couch because this couch it's is our sig- anniversary gift to one another. Significant couch, yes. Yep. So Wednesday was our 26th wedding anniversary. And, um, you know, COVID style, what did we celebrate it with? Doing absolutely nothing, except we had ordered this couch mm-hmm. thanks to Slater's um, going out of business sale, which, sorry that they're going out of business, but they retired. And um, we got a screaming deal on this couch, and it took months to get. Yeah. So we sat on our couch for uh, our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because we got a couch on our fifth anniversary and that couch that we got on our fifth anniversary went out the door two days ago 
and this couch came in. So we figure every 20 years we get a new couch. And that's like a symbol of our, I guess, our like major milestones with one another is like, okay, we're on year one of the 20 year couch. And so you're not, you're not just lounging to be lazy in the shot. We're trying to show that we got this really cool new couch. We are so excited about having a reclining couch. On both and, sides. Uh, yeah. So I think I could die happy just sit, sitting right here. Um, I think we have so far since we got it. Yeah. So, and we have a, a little more furniture coming. So yes, it's, it was a COVID anniversary celebration exactly taking care of the homestead exactly and here's pudgy right here hanging out with us on the show so um good morning and welcome to the nonpartisan evangelical we just like to hang out on saturday mornings i'm ashley that's paul paul is the nonpartisan evangelical i consider myself a nonpartisan evangelical and we just invite you into this discussion that we like to have with each other with all of you we love seeing your comments and your emails and your direct messages during the week and um Got some got some fun feedback over the last few weeks. Some of you who have been watching know that we joked about um, whether or not it's okay for a Christian to cuss. Yeah, and that turned into a pretty significant like conversation <laughs> thread. And because we kind of like to do it. Yes, if you haven't figured that out by now, we um, we'd like to do it to show that we're not bound by um, just like religious religious rules. mores. Yeah. So it's become a little bit of that for us, but. Um, it's also cathartic every once in a while, too. True. And as I say, eight years in, you know, city politics in the city <laughs> That'll of Fresno. That'll make you cuss. Like, if you're not cussing, then you're probably, like, drinking or doing drugs <laughs> or, like, some other really destructive, like, you just want to poke your eye out most of the time. So I found that a good, you know, a well-placed cuss word relieved some of that tension. Well, and, well done. Uh, well done. It was probably the least destructive to my own personal self. But yeah. got some got some comments on, on that. Who knew it was such a topic for people? Yeah. So we had some very good friends who said, hey, we love the message that you're sharing. And we were going to send this to our friends and we were loving it. But then we couldn't because you said curse words in the middle of it. And we have some good Assemblies of God friends yes. who, who it, would never go for that. It was just it would hurt their hearts too much. Right. And it would disqualify the other things we were talking about. And so they said, hey, can you can you maybe not talk about that? That's good feedback. I think it's very good feedback. Thank you and, for that. Because I do think you honor where you are and you honor that. But then we got some other feedback. Yeah, on the other end, <laughs> the, the other side of the uh, We had point. some other friends. I actually was telling that story, too, about that feedback of, of people who would be turned off by the cursing. And they're like, oh, our family loved it. Our family loves you now because you guys do say swear words. So, so uh, one man's curse word is another man's hey, endearment. they don't call us the swear engines. Oh, classic. I'm there surprised you go. it took me three weeks to come up with that one. <laughs> Anyway, we promise we're moving on from that topic today. We just wanted to like put a final um, sort of a period at the end of that kind of needless run-on paragraph over the last um, three weeks. <laughs> so you'll be happy to know if you're joining in or you're watching sometime during the week. We're not going to talk about that today. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but what we do want to chat about, as per usual on our Saturday morning chats, um, we really just like to lift up the like what we feel like is happening in our country today and um, through a lens of like, God, what is your heart? What are you doing? And uh, as people who grew up in the evangelical church, I'm a pastor's kid. Paul's a pastor's kid. He was a pastor's wife, a former pastor's wife. Like we know the evangelical church. We, um, it has been very formative in our lives and we so value um, the people who are pursuing God in the evangelical church today. And and we really sense that something is new and different and that there are significant things that need to change that are changing, that it's God's heart to bring about that change. 
so that more people can understand God's love for them and, um, and that love won't get trapped and blocked by the bizarre marriage of white conservative, conservative evangelicalism and the political um, stuff that's going on in our country today. So that's Bizarre like, is a good word. It is bizarre. I mean, it's, un, it's unholy. Unholy is another good word. Yeah. Uh, it's a marriage that should never have happened and actually has been going on in, a, in American evangelicalism for about 50 years now. So it's really ingrained to the point where we don't even know that we're in that marriage yeah. anymore. So we seek to detangle that. And yeah. you may feel like, gosh, you guys kind of talk about the same thing every week. That's right, we do. There is this enormous juggernaut of a mindset that needs that needs to be um, awakened, that needs to have some light shine on it. Like we need to be thinking differently because the way God is being represented today to culture and to people who may not have a relationship with God through the prism of the white conservative evangelical church is absolutely a problem. So I'll just say that's probably our thesis right, right. there. Um, and then I, as a person who does something else for a living every day, you tend to uh, focus a lot on this during the week. I just like to catch up on what Paul has been writing and saying through his podcast. So today, um, what I really love that you posted this week is um, you posted a blog on essentially the future of the evangelical church. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to talk about I that? I do. And I actually, well, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to. I didn't know if we had more setup to do before we went well, into that. Well, that was quite a lot of setup. That was a lot of setup. I know. I'm good. I'm good at the setup. It's just a little long sometimes. Hold on. I'll give you the title of it. All right. Here we go. Old evangelicalism is dying. A new thing is springing up. Yeah. So it's a good news, bad news. It was a bad news, good news. Bad news, good news. Depending That's right. on your perspective. That's right. So lay out the bad news for us. So the bad news is really you've already encapsulated it that what I see when I read the Gospels and the story of Jesus, he was looking at the church and the religious system when he was on earth and he said, this religious system has to go. And the religious system said the problem in our country, the reason Israel is no longer great is because of those tax collectors and that Roman government and those Samaritans who worship differently than we worship. If we could get all of those people to either change or be eliminated, then Israel would be great again. And that was the Pharisaical heart that Jesus pointed out and said, you guys are the problem. And today in America, I think it's a very similar thing where we're saying it's, it's those gay people, it's those women having abortion, it's they're the reason America's not great, whatever the definition of great is, and we need to make America great again. So we have to get those people to stop doing their bad stuff. We need more law and order in the country and more traditional family. And I think if Jesus were in the flesh on earth today, he'd be saying, no, actually, you guys are the problem. And you guys need to change and you need to clean up your house. And then things can start to change in the culture. You can start to be a positive, impactful force in culture again. And so my thesis of the bad news is that old evangelicalism is, is sick and probably not going to recover because we've been in this mindset for so long that, you know, when we... To me, the, the whole thing of Donald Trump, and none of this is about Donald Trump himself because we've been talking about this much longer than him, but if that's not a mirror that we can look at ourselves and say, wait a second, something's wrong in the mix here in our yeah. mindset. What, that, then what would be? Then, then what, yeah. what would be? Yeah. So I, I think the message of that is, oh, we're never changing from this in this generation. We, we are so ingrained 
and ensconced in this, it isn't changing. So that's why my thesis of old evangelicalism is dying, as well as, and I'm sorry to keep going on and on, but the data just shows millennials and Gen Zers flat out aren't going to do it. Yeah. They're, they're just not going to be four Sunday a month tithing families anymore. And that's the model of the evangelical church. And like any industry, like the dairy industry today has to be saying, this next generation's not drinking milk. They're, they're going another way. So we're going to have to change our business. Evangelicalism, the same as, hey, the millennials aren't going to do this mindset thing that we're in. So we're either going to have to change or become irrelevant in the next generation. So I want to read a couple of the lines. This is under the category of the bad news, and we'll get to the good news in okay. just a little bit. Um, but the things that really jumped out at Are we going to give a gift at the end, by the way? We're going to give a gift at the end. So we're supposed to say, stay till the end, and we'll have a little gift for yes. somebody out there if you okay. stay till the end. In fact, let's just do a quick time check. I would say... It's 11-11. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Probably by 11-30, okay. we're going to be wrapped up here. So uh, hang with us till 11-30, and you could be eligible to win a very special a huge gift. huge prize. We huge. are calling it the VSG, the very special <laughs> gift. Hang with us till the end. And you will be glad you did. By the way, we, had, we did have two winners last week, and, and I failed to fulfill our promise. And so I owe you guys big time. So I will fix that today. You you, and that, that VSG last week was three months of Patreon prescription, prescription, subscription to Patreon or Patreon. Although side. Patreon can be a prescription for That's a true, better life. For a changed mindset. Yeah. Um, but how about we give them an extra month? Okay. Because you missed the week. Four months of um, free subscription to the Patreon site. Okay. So extra content, a little more Paul stuff, whatever. So sorry about that, you guys, that won the prize last week. We forgot to close that loop. Oops. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) (laughs) That was a VSG advertisement. Um, Excuse me. Okay, so this is what you said. I'm going to read it um, because I really love this language. I felt like you just nailed it. Okay. Partisan pardon me, partisan conservative evangelicalism dash white evangelicalism is sick and irreparably so, and it's coming to a calamitous end. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't say that any more dramatically. <laughs> like it's just like there's not an out there. This is sick. It will not be fixed. You go on to say, and I really like this: the 50-year intertwining of white evangelicals with white conservative politics has metastasized our mindset and spirit. It cannot be tweaked or rooted out. You you are in a throw the baby out mode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it makes me sad to say that because I love the church. I love the evangelical church. I've invested much of my life in it. And I've spent a lot of years here banging my head against the wall saying, hey, we need to repent of this, guys. We need to repent and turn. And I'm convinced, like Jeremiah in the Bible, Jeremiah was saying to him, to the followers of God of his day, guys, it's not going to get fixed. It's going to take calamity and overturn of our system for this to change. And in fact, I think that's what Jesus was saying in the Gospels as well as, okay, this system has to be completely overturned. And I'm, I'm fairly convinced that evangelicalism can't, can't change at this point. You've been doing something for so long, it does become metastasized to your bones. It becomes who you are. And in many ways, that's the narrative I've been hearing from guests I've had on the podcast. They're like, hey, Donald Trump isn't this outlier thing of the evangelical church. It's what the evangelical church has been growing towards and, and building itself towards for a long, long time. And it, and it just is what it is. 
Um, so I want to say one more like exclamation point on okay. this point because I, I really, uh, this just sums it up. You say, welcome to 2020 and the blind, deaf, falsely prophesying church. <laughs> blind, deaf, falsely prophesying. So imagine that those words are being said, not necessarily to individual people because, right. you know, my goodness. And not individual churches. We know great churches doing great things. hundred percent. But and this we are, is a mindset over the whole thing. That's it. And I was, you know, I feel like I draw inspiration from, you know, churches, our own church. We love like people pursuing God together in faith and, and um, shoring each other up and creating community like that is so great. So maybe when I said throwing the baby out with the bathwater, maybe that's the baby that we're trying to yeah. affirm. I shouldn't suggest that that's being thrown out. But really what you're saying is like, look, dial it back, you know, and just look across the nation. And we know this is actually an international phenomenon, but let's just leave it at our, our borders for a minute. Yeah. Um, like just dial it back and consider what is the what is the overall message and heart and spirit that is about the white evangelical church and the way that it is married up to political power. This has been 50 years in the making. It's been an intentional pursuit by some, um, particularly those in political wings who weren't, or maybe they were faith-filled, but they weren't necessarily churchmen or women, but they saw the opportunity to achieve political power if they pulled in the conservative church, the mm -hmm. white conservative church. So they manipulated and used those tendencies for their own advantage, for their own candidate's advantage. We're reading about it in um, Stu Stevens' book, It Was All a Lie. I talked about it last week. Um, right. I'm listening to it on Audible right now. And he breaks it down. And there are actually a lot of people um, in that sort of uh, conservative political consultant world that are starting to say, actually, it was all a lie. Mm. There are racist tendencies. There are. They were intentional, intentional. about mixing it into the, the Republican yep. process. Yeah. They spooned it up, and we in the church just consumed it. Well, he had the, the great line. I think maybe we did talk about it last week, so I'm sorry if it's repetitive. But in the interview I saw with Stu Stevens the other day, he said, we used to be concerned in the Republican Party about the lack of African-American voters and voters from communities of color. But we don't care anymore. Now, now that's not even a concern anymore. We, we made a determination to go another way. And, and so that's part of it. And the fact then that a church that's called to stand with the marginalized and, and the orphan and those lacking justice from their community is intertwined with that political thought. Uh, I think that's when, you know, that's when Jesus comes in and turns over tables. And, and when I say metastasize, what that means is, you know, when, when cancer gets to a point in a human body, the doctor can say, well, we can kill the cancer, but in killing the cancer, it's going to kill the patient. And so why put them through that pain? And, and I think, this has become metastasized to evangelical thought. And, and we see the outgrowth of it in a lot of ways. You know, Jerry Falwell Jr. this week uh, having sort of his downfall. I think those are the inevitable outgrowths. And I think we're going to start to see more of that start to pop up around because this thing has become so important to us that at some point you start to say, okay, this is who we are. This isn't something that I can just call out and uh, prophetically and ask people to change. It, it kind of cannot be changed at this point. So I, I, that's when I think God says, hey, let's just overturn that system. And so I, I, don't, like, I don't think God brought COVID. That's not what I'm saying. But, but man, look at the opportunity when, when churches are being asked to step aside from their gatherings. 
to me, I, I get excited and say, this could be a great opportunity to learn so, a, a whole new way to operate. Okay, so hold on. So Sorry, am I going past? We're going to pivot to the good news here in just a second. And uh, I'm looking at my watch realizing we need to give equal time to the good news okay. because, you know, we've been going on about the bad news. Um, but just a quick break for those of you who are just joining us. This is the nonpartisan evangelical. That would be him. I am Ashley, his wife. On our anniversary couch. On our couch. anniversary. Um, we, we promise we're not going to be sitting here reclining probably in the future. <laughs> well, we had ambitions of maybe today going out to like a local park or um, the Eaton Trail out by San Joaquin River. And guess how hot it's going to be today in Central California? 107. 107. Oof. 107. On its way to 111, 112. So we thought, yeah, not the week to try to do even <laughs> at, at 10.30 or 11 in the morning, something outside. Um, so we're here in our nice ground floor air-conditioned room. Hopefully it stays cool the rest of the day. But um, we got this couch for our anniversary, replacing a 20-year-old couch. Yes. So every 20 years. Well, just imagine 20 years from now when we're celebrating our 46th wedding anniversary will we be sitting on this couch talking about anyway to fa to whatever i'm sure facebook will have gone the way of myspace by then so we'll, what will we be talking to then exactly we'll just be like mind like mind <laughs> oh, yeah. melding with people we be... won't even be like using our words but anyway um so by the way that's not the only gift that you gave me for our anniversary oh yeah i made you some chili you made me chili i love chili just, I'm a chili fanatic. So. I'm embarrassed, honestly. <laughs> not, like, okay, so yes, the the vision I had for like how could we celebrate our anniversary in the middle of COVID was like, well, you know, maybe I could make Paul's favorite dinner or get takeout and like plan a picnic in the backyard when it gets dark. Maybe have candlelight out there, and then I was like, I'm just gonna be real about this. Paul loves a pot of chili, so in the middle of August. In Fresno, California, in a heat wave, what am I doing for our 26th <laughs> wedding anniversary? I'm using my Ninja Foodie and making like crock pot Love chili. it. Love it. And you do love it. We don't sound very romantic, but... Nor very sophisticated. <laughs> like, we are... And, and actually, people probably don't know that like, we're straight out of like Midwest, like Missouri, Texas, Arkansas. Yeah. So we're like straight out of <laughs> like hillbilly country. Yeah, straight out of Branson. Before yeah, Branson was Branson. Yes. I'm I, I did. I lived in Branson as a young kid, and there was nothing there. And now it's... My brothers have been there, and they say you wouldn't believe it. But yeah. Well, when we were there, it wasn't, there was it nothing. wasn't that way. There was nothing. Um, we have a little bit of ambient noise in the background. Our son, Sam, is making breakfast. And um, <laughs> I wonder if, if we... I'll, I can make you some eggs in like 10 minutes. That you can right? do it. It's okay. Right? Go ahead. Okay. I don't think it's a problem. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. Anyway... We were getting to um, the good news, and I also just want to mention uh, npepodcast.com. That's npepodcast.com. Um, this week, you're going to be posting a podcast that you just did with Ahmad Mirza, who uh, is a former emir from a Muslim congregation in Kern County and is um, the Muslim in the podcast, A Christian and a Muslim Walk into a Studio. Right. So he's the featured Muslim on that podcast. My friend, friend Bob Prater does that podcast with Ahmad. And you guys have a good chat about uh, Christians and should Muslims. Christians can Christians be friends with Muslims? Should we be afraid of Muslims in America? It's a really fascinating conversation. You're going to want to hear that one. So that's the kind of content that you'll see on npepodcast.com. Go there today and uh, and subscribe to the podcast. And sign up for the email newsletters list. Okay, done with that. Was like a really extended break. And now back to our program. program. Now back to our. We're going to talk about the good news because we started with 
bad news, good news. Here's the good news. If God is allowing significant and, and, and really irreparable destruction to happen in the white evangelical church, he's doing it for a reason. He's doing it to take us to what he has for us. Tell us what you think that is. Yeah, what I see is rather than church being a building we go to on a Sunday morning, and every church has been talking about this for a long time, now is the opportunity, I think, to really start to think, what does church look like? Big C church, not little C, the church down the street, um, but just church in general. And I, and, and, what I, and I see it in millennials. What they're looking for is community. What they're looking for is places where they can be themselves and be real, where they can ask questions. So I think that the church of the future is going to be a place where we actually ask questions and talk about difficult concepts. What church has become now is, is a theater where people sit and watch the show on the stage. And then the pastor gets up and tells us what we already know and what we're comfortable with. He may call out certain sins that we've become comfortable with being sins, and it may tweak us a little bit like, ooh, I, I stole bubble gum when I was 12. I need to confess that. But I think what it's going to become in the future is, is looking at the deep concepts of God and who is God and how do we see the Bible and really thinking, what are we, what are we reaching to out in the cosmos out there? So much more of people bringing their gifts together, like the Bible says, and sharing community and taking care of one another, rather than it being sort of this Sunday morning show where we all come together on a regular basis. And I think that's going to be an amazing change. It's going to look very different than the Christian church. We're going to have to be, we're going to get to be accepting of people that we've not been accepting of before. It's not going to be exclusive and we're right, you're wrong. It's going to start to say more of how do we look at this together and walk this out. It's going to be much less fear-filled. I don't know. What else What else do you want me to say? I well, don't you're, want to so you keep rolling on. You make like three points in the um, in your blog. <laughs> okay, good. And Remind uh, me what those were. Yeah, you're, you're kind of covering it right now. But um, first of all, you talk about um, a corporate heart for justice. Yeah. And in, in the way you express it is a corporate heart for justice in a city, region, and country. I would say like... Because sometimes that's a little hard to get your head around. It feels so big, but like a corporate heart for justice in people groups. You know where you where you find yourself, right. where you find yourself, living, working, etc. Like having a mindset that's like, man, we we are really going after the ambition of um, really our nation's founding. And the definition of sorry to interrupt you, dear, but the the definition of that people group is going to be expanded because right now what you hear a lot in evangelical churches is like take care of your family. That's what's really important is take care of your family. And so it becomes this single household responsibility and maybe a few others in our orbit. And I think, you know, Jeremiah 29, 7 verses like that are saying, no, no, I see you in people groups and you're responsible for that whole people group. So it can be a neighborhood. It can, it can be a city. And I think if we live in Northeast Fresno and think Southwest Fresno is not our responsibility, God's going to expand that vision that those people matter have to matter to me too. Um, no, I actually really love what you just said. And I, I feel like, I mean, this is going to sound like a little like kind of hyper spiritual or something, but um, this notion of all men are created equal. I mean, that mm. is straight out of heaven. Yeah. So when people talk about like our nation is a Christian nation, my heart says yes, because our founding documents reflect God's view of who people are. All men and women are created equal. Like, that ambition, that aspiration, we have to hold that dear. We, it's, and I feel like um, as it's values. As we value that as individuals, 
and we just say, hey, I'm a person who's hanging on to that. I stand for that and I expect to see that in my own life and in the circles all around me and whatever I can influence. That's, that is the underpinning of democracy. It's mm, good. So <laughs> I don't mean to go on about that. No, that's but, good. Um, that to me is the connection of God's heart for our country is because we are trying to agree with him that people are equal here. Mm. And if that's not reflected, then we're hypocrites. If that's not reflected, then of course we're not going to be a Christian nation. Being a Christian nation is not because we passed this law, we did this, we did this, which is your second point, actually, is that um, a legalistic code of rules um, is not what being a Christian nation is about. Mm. That I mean, if that is what that's the old garment trying to put that back on, and that's exactly what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing in Jesus' days. Like, oh yeah, we're like God's chosen people. We know we'll reflect that and having per- like trying to make our laws perfect. If we can just enforce that code of laws, Israel will be made great again. And yeah, you know, it was really reflected this week in a, a friend sent me a an article from a. a, a theologian that's of some significance in our circles of, of Christendom. And, and he had this list of 25 reasons he supported President Trump. And, and they were things like banning transgender people from the military and, and some things like that that are really extra biblical that aren't a part of the Bible. While all men are created equal is so much a part of what the Bible is all about. It's everywhere in every book of the Bible. And that we just slough off that we're in this season of getting a chance to stand with people of color. We're trying to find excuses with uses of words like Marxism and traditional family to to absolve ourselves from caring about that. When that is in the very text of the Bible we read and these other things that we have now called in this list of rules, this legalistic code, just aren't there. And so that's, again, the sign of what we've made important versus what the Bible says is important. It shows that why we need to change and go to this new space. Um, yeah, I'm having a moment. That's like that's that's really powerful yeah. and profound. We need to come back to that. OK, next week. Um, so <laughs> we, we never remember what we're coming back to next week. We don't remember what we come back to. We don't remember to give people their free subscriptions to Patreon. <laughs> it's a very professional operation around here. Yes, um, it is. Okay, so anyway, just to, just to put a, in case you were keeping track, Paul was saying the generational shift, the good news here, the Isaiah 43, um, something new is emerging. I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? This is a time we're calling people like, hey, join us. And like, don't you see it? Right? Don't you see that God is shifting us towards a place where we have a corporate heart for justice, for people groups, for a city, region, country, around the world, etc. Um, we're saying no to the legalistic rules and not seeing that that is what makes us a Christian nation, but instead um, our value for all men and all people are created equal. That, in fact, is our best connection to heaven yeah. and a Christian value set. And then lastly, authentic community, which um, we're trying to cultivate here, frankly, at the Nonpartisan Evangelical um, authentic community. Yeah, and that's some of why we do this on Saturday mornings. And got a, I got a neat private message this week from a young man who said, hey, I read your book. I've been, I've been following some of your blogs and podcasts. And he says, I'm not ready to agree with everything you say, but I'm really enjoying the opportunity to think about it. And I messaged him back and said, and it's, it's a young man that we know. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm really glad you don't agree with everything I say. I don't agree with everything. Exactly. She doesn't agree with it. <laughs> because you shouldn't. 
but you're thinking and that's what matters. And that's too often in the evangelical church, we sort of press against thinking and exploring. And, and so I told this young man, like, I just want to give you permission to pursue ideas and think and have your mind renewed. And so um, that's the type of community that we're loving, that we're getting to minister to a lot of people that we never got to be around and hang out with when we were in, in, in leading an evangelical church. And, and so that type of community is growing. And I think even more, we're going to start to see that becoming uh, I started to say corporatized. We don't like that idea. But just regularly, people are going to find ways to get together and take care of each other and uh, in a new way that's going to be super, super cool for the next generation. Listen, if we, if we can collect as individuals in our neighborhood, city, state, country, whatever, if we can, gra- if we can grab onto the notion, all, God, God says that all men and women are created equal. God's perspective on people if we can hang on to that and we can hang on, you know, grab grab a friend, hang on to somebody else, help take care of one another, like to me that like that's the underpinning of our society mm-hmm. and it is the best reflection of God's heart. It's good. So, well said. Okay, thanks. Um now I feel bad I told you not to call me dear. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We've been working through these things for 26, 26 years. years. So. All right, so we need to wrap up because we said we would right around 11.30. Yep. And um, we want to reward those of you who have stuck around. And uh, you get now a very special gift. So um, we're, we're going to have to get more creative maybe next week because we've been doing this now for three weeks. But the first person to indicate in the chat box that you would like a free autographed copy of Paul's book, the first person we hear from that says, yep, that's me, I want it, you are going to get this very special okay. gift. We're waiting. We're looking. Who Count will be down. first? Who will be first? Countdown. Let's not do this on the couch next week, by the okay, way. Okay, we won't. Well, <laughs> hopefully, well it's going to, again, it's probably going to be triple digit. We can't go outside. Yeah. Um, but we'll try to find a more creative location. So the first person, and this is what happens every week when we do our very special gift. People are shy. They're sitting there thinking like, oh, it's too good to be true. And um, they're like, somebody else is going to get it. I'm, you know, I can't. Oh, there it is. All right. Steve Zapata. Steve Zapata. Steve Inverta. And Cindy says she wants one. All right. We'll get one to Cindy. We always end up giving two. It was a tie. It was a tie. So we'll do two. All right. And then uh, do you want to do a Patreon subscription as well? Do we want to do a Patreon subscription? Boy, she's getting generous. I know. That's true. So I should mention that, so Patreon is our way of supporting this work. Right. Um, We're asking folks to consider signing up for $5.99 a month, $12.99 a month, $5.99. And we raise a little bit of money. We want to put that into helping to extend the message here of the nonpartisan evangelical, buy some ads, you know, be able to have a little bit of resource to work, maybe work with some professionals someday to expand what we're doing. So that's what those dollars go to. So um, you might not have won the free subscription this week, but you could still sign up at, um, how do you find it on Patreon? Well, you go to npepodcast.com, our website, and it's in the upper right-hand corner. It says Patreon. You just click on that button and you're there. Yeah. So you could, it's like $5.99 a month. Yeah. And and one of the things we want to do is, is, hire a social media manager because I mean, I'm up way late in the night trying to make sure we're taking care of all the social media. So um, your subscription to NPPodcast.com, we would love to get to 100 subscribers on there and uh, and be able to sort of bring on somebody to help with that. 
Yes, then then we would not forget to send out the free gifts <laughs> yes. that we promised. Yes, exactly. So having a little bit of extra help would be a good thing. And we think this is a powerful and important message. We want to connect to other people who are feeling this way, other people who are sharing different aspects of of how they're seeing God in this season, and that takes some financial resource. So, yeah. um, But we personally think that everybody in the world should be listening to us on Saturday morning. Yeah, our friend Craig says he's going to sign up, and Craig had a birthday this week. Happy so birthday, happy birthday, Craig. Craig. And uh, yeah, so awesome, awesome. So who wants to be our Patreon subscription winner for three months? Three months. And she'll expand it to four, I'm sure. So. If we forget. And th- by the way... <laughs> That is rounding up. That is an $18 value. Wow. So, come on. <laughs> we spare no expense. No expense. Um, at least you can, know we're, you, you can know we're frugal in that for our anniversary, we had chili and a new couch. So, yeah. we're not going to frivolously spend your well, money. Well, the new couch is quite nice, but we got it like on a rock bottom. Really good bargain. Closeout sale. So, that was the, that was the good news there. All right. Well, we'll get somebody who wants okay. to be our Patreon subscriber. Oh, there up. we There's go. We got, I think we got someone. Oh, Cindy. Cindy's going to get a book and a Patreon subscription. Wow. Yay. Big win for Cindy Thank this week. Thank you, Cindy, for being interested. We appreciate you very much. And by the way, the way you can help us is share this video on your social media. Tell your friends. Um, we just want to start growing the brand. We're partnering up with some other podcasts, but the way you know you can help by writing a review for the book on Amazon, writing a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, sharing our videos and our content on social media. These are the things that help. All of those shares tell Amazon and Apple and Facebook and Instagram, hey, these guys matter. And uh, so that's how you can really help us without costing you anything at all. We have to outsmart the algorithms. Yes. And then you can join us on Patreon and help financially. So We're those be- are all great We're going to beat things. the robots. Beat the bots. That's our new, our new motto. Okay, we got to pray. Okay. Oh, is that for me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading a note on the comment <laughs> string there. All right. How do we pray this week? So I don't, yeah. I don't like to just jump in and pray... You know, I like to sort of hear from heaven what what the prayer is for people watching in. And so if you feel something first, you can jump in. Okay, yeah, I will. I'm, and I'm going to close my eyes and pray. So yeah. thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the people who are listening right now. Thank you for people who will come along and stumble on this podcast during the week and listen. We know that you see them. You see you see each person who's turning their ear and turning their heart to you. Mm. And we just say thank you, God, that you love us, that you love each person in their own special way. You know how to reach people. And I just, that's my prayer today, God, is that people who need to connect with you and feel like, ah, there is, there is a God. He loves me. He will help me. There's just stuff that we cannot do on our own. As independent and capable as we may be, we cannot do it on our own. So God, I pray that you would just turn our hearts to you and you would help us to know that you are here for us, that your plans for us are not bad, not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future, that you hold our ambitions, our desires, our heartaches. You hold all of those in your hands and that we can trust you with those things. So, Lord, would you let people hear that? Would you let them hear that as they're listening to this message? And would you let them connect with you this week in a special way? I pray that in the name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Yeah. And the reason 
call out the things I do in Christianity and in the evangelical churches, not because of the results of it as far as politics and all those things go. It's because the the mission of Christianity, the mission of Jesus was to, to give people with blind eyes sight and to set captives free. And so what bothers me about this political intertwining of religion is that it it captures people and puts them in bondage. It, it puts a set of rules on them. And so my prayer today is that you, my blessing for you watching is that you would be set free from that, that you would be free to explore everything that you are and who you are, to love people and not feel like you have to be angry or exclusive of people, that that political system that's been put on top of a religious system to be put on top of all of us, I just want to wipe that away and say, now you're free to just be in relationship with the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, and start to say, okay, how do I walk out my daily life? So I just speak, speak freedom from any bondage of any religious political system. That's really sort of churchies talking. I don't know if I can say it any better than that, but I just want you to be free to love people around you, people and, who are and different. And to be loved, to and, know God's to true and perfect love for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I almost don't know what I'm saying, but I just say be free to live life as it, as it brings value and safety to you to be able to pursue uh, the purpose of your life and what's in your heart to pursue. And don't let anybody tell you that it has to fit into a construct of a religious political uh, mindset because that is not what Jesus came to portray to the world, and that's not God's heart for the world. So yeah. I just pray freedom for you over that. All over, right. over that. Ten minutes over, which is about our usual. So there you go. All right, guys. Have a great week. Love Thanks being for with you. with us, and love to hear from you during the week. Feel free to give us a shout-out, and uh, you can reach out to Paul on social media and uh, share your thoughts and let us know what's going on with you. Um, we'll keep you in our prayers and uh, just enjoy connecting with you. So thanks. Have a great weekend and a good week. See you next week. Bye guys. <laughs>